Welcome, everyone, to another episode of As an Artist, a local famous records podcast about local artists, their art, the creative process, and the local scene. I am Anthony Sosa, and on this episode, we have Chloe Walden, writer, journalist, musician, and all-around really awesome person. I had a really fun conversation with Chloe talking about being creative early on and writing poems and writing music and going from those things to her you know, journey on becoming a journalist and what that experience is like. So without further ado, here is the interview. So, okay. So please, uh, describe, uh, describe, give, <laughs> give, give us for the audience, uh, your name and kind of like, tell us like what you do, how you, how you describe or define yourself. Okay. Uh, my name is Chloe Walden. Uh, currently I'm a music journalist. I work for Fort Worth weekly, but I also do my own stuff freelance. And I work for a couple of like, uh, music blogs online that I just provide my writing for basically pro bono. If I was a lawyer, right? Like gotcha, for free. Gotcha. Um, but awesome. uh, I guess I've always been kind of like a multi-media artist. Like I, uh, I've done a little bit of everything since okay. I was a kid. So, so well, multimedia. Oh no, I didn't silence my phone. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Um, Call uh, back later, yeah. mom. I'm doing important stuff. <laughs> Running a radio show. <laughs> so okay. So what kind of multimedia? So like like any like so, anything or like what? um. You know, something I've always like tried to do and that I like to do is combine different forms of art when I am creating. So like I like I was telling Amber earlier, like I like to scrapbook um, and I like to write poetry. So I've got like a scrapbook chapbook I'm working on. Nice. Um, but I've also, you know, as a musician growing up, I was in band in school, but also I play a little bit of guitar. I play a little bit of drums. I'm not great, but, you know, like play a little bit of everything. Um, That's awesome. What did you yeah. play in band? I played euphonium. Okay. So have you ever seen a euphonium? I think so, but I'm not I'm not sure okay. what that is. <laughs> so it's like it looks like so it sounds like a trombone. Okay. Right? So there's no slide though. There's buttons uh. instead. So it's like if you took a tuba and shrunk it down like gotcha. 30 or 40 percent. So it's like a little tuba guy. Okay. I was like pretty good at it, but I never practiced. So like gotcha. I never went anywhere with it. Bass but... clef or treble clef? It's bass clef. Bass clef. So that's okay. another thing that's weird about me is I can't read treble clef. I can only read bass clef. Hey, that's cool. I'm still, the fact that you can read is awesome. <laughs> I, I, I can't read music. Most musicians can't. Yeah. So like, it's, that's it's probably fine. It's yeah. An, it's, a, it's still an insecurity because I now I'd have to teach students. And so it's like, sometimes they're wanting to know. And I can, I had no theory. <laughs> and I you're can like, explain what? things. <laughs> but as far as like writing down sheet music, like there's yeah. no way. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So, okay. So what do you still do music creatively or is it just, are you just more written or what is, what I is your creative do, energy? Um, like I haven't played with a group of people in a long time since like college, but I write songs for myself just okay. for like the catharsis of it as yeah. like an exercise in like self therapy, I guess. But I haven't played out for like people in a long time. Not that I wouldn't or I don't want to. It's just like it's a lot of pressure and it's mm. like it's naked to play your music in front of people. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's something I haven't done in a while, but I used to. It is that the, there is a certain vulnerability yeah. that kind of comes behind, and a lot sure. of time. There's a lot of time, and you seem yeah. to have a lot going on. I do. Right <laughs> I'm spinning a lot of plates right now, man. I am. Yeah. So okay. So I guess real quick before we get back to your maybe your poetry mm -hmm. and your other writing, what, music journalism. Like, what kind of led you to that? Was so 
it's it's weird because it's kind of like something I always kind of wanted to do. Um, when I was a kid, I was in yearbook in school. Okay. So I had that experience of like interviewing people and taking pictures of things and just like the, I guess, journalistic view of like documenting events. Um, mm. And then obviously, as like everyone my age, like I saw Almost Famous and I was like, this is fucking yes. rock and roll. Like, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I, I wasn't like, I want to be Penny Lane. I was like, I want to be William Miller. You of know course. what I mean? Um, That's awesome. That movie's awesome. I love that movie. It's incredible. Yeah. It's a good one, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but beyond just that, uh, like that's what I wanted to go to school for at the beginning. Um, and I wasn't like discouraged from it, but everyone was like, ooh, if that's what you want to do, ooh, I'm sure... If that's what you want to do, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like it's like when when you show, you know, this guy you're dating your friends and they're like, as long as you like him, uh, you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> that's kind of how it was with like journalism. They're like, if you can make money doing it. And so I like switched my major a ton of times. We kind of talked about this like last week. Mm-hmm. I switched my major a ton of times and I was like, I hate college. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So let's backtrack just real quick for the listeners. So yeah. you, where did you go, go to high school? And like, when did you, where did you go to college? So I went to high school in Springtown, uh, which is West of Fort Worth. It's like way out in the sticks. Um, we're not really, we're famous for a lot of bad things. <laughs> okay, we don't have to get into all that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, I went to community college. I kind of paid my way through it, just like saving during the summer, working summer jobs and then paying cash for my community college. And then, uh, I went to UNT for like two semesters and I did really poorly because I had like health problems and stuff. And so basically I took a break um, spring of 2020 and I was like, I'll go back after this semester, (laughs) Um, which obviously didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so about last um, October, I was kind of like I was working from home and it was like this office job and I was really grateful to be able to work from home because I'm immunocompromised. So I was like, this is good, but like so depressing, yeah. you know? Um, and then I, I actually, I lost a close friend of mine um, in October. He passed away and I was like, I had that like, I guess mortality crisis mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh my God, like, I'm wasting my whole life doing this thing that I hate and like I could die tomorrow mm. and I will have never done the things that I wanted to do. And so I kind of just like sat with that for a few weeks and I was like, what do I want? What do I want to do? Right. Sure. So I feel like we spend so much of our time like having to grind to like make a living or whatever yeah. that we don't even really think about what we want to do. And so I finally sat with it for a minute and I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be a journalist. Like, I want to write about everything, but I really want to write about music. And so uh, I reached out to a friend of mine who was writing for Bandit, which is this music blog that I write for now. And I was like, hey, how did you get this gig? Like, can you introduce me to the editor? What do I need to do? Do I need a portfolio? Whatever. And um, she's like, yeah, like, I'll just give you Becca's email. (laughs) You could just email her. I was like, cool. So... I started writing for them. And like I said, I don't get paid to do it. It was just for fun and to like get back into the journalistic style of writing because I'd been writing poetry and fiction and like flash fiction, short horror, that kind of thing. That's what I was writing in college. Um, And yeah, they kind of just like they gave me a pretty long leash. They were like, find bands (laughs) and run them by me and then you can interview them. Right. So I started doing these Zoom interviews, which was surreal. But good, you know, because I could like interview anybody from 
anywhere. But at the same time, it was like, it wasn't like this. Gotcha. Where like, I can like, you've got a vibe, right? Yeah. I'm like reverberating off of your vibe. We can like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Being we in can a physical kinda, space. Right. Yeah. It's different. But like, I ended up, um, I ended up doing really well with it. And I had a lot of bands request awesome. to interview with me and stuff. So I did that for like six months. And then uh, I reached out to Patrick Higgins, uh, my friend that I knew through Guitar Center, who writes for The Weekly. And I was like, hey, man, I kind of kind of did the same thing. I was yeah. like, hey, I know you don't have a journalism degree <laughs> and I don't have a journalism degree. So how do I get where you are? There you go. He did the same thing. He just gave me Anthony's um, Anthony's the editor at the Fort Worth Weekly. Mariani. Yeah. He gave me um, gave me Anthony's email and he was like, look, man, just reach out to him. I'm sure like he'd love to have you. And yeah, I uh, I emailed Anthony and I was like, hey, man, um, <laughs> I can't remember exactly what I said, but I think it was along the lines of like, um, I've never worked for a newspaper. I don't have a degree. I have no experience <laughs> and there's no reason for you to hire me, but I want to work for your paper. Um, and I think I have some stuff to offer you guys. So and that was like my pitch. And he wow. was like, yeah. And I was like, you know, I've got samples. I can send you my my samples if you want to see them. And he's like. He hits me back in like four hours. He's like, no need to send samples. Um, I can tell you have a way with words it's just from your letter. Uh, wow. I'll send you your first assignment on Monday. And I was like, wow. Yeah. That's so awesome. He's yeah. so cool, man. He's he, super cool. That So, okay, that's that's inspiring. And I'm so glad that you're sharing that story because like, I, that's kind of one thing I, I want to try and do with this podcast, like cover yeah. you know, creativity and the right. creative process. But like, how how do you achieve x right. right and like this is how you you just really, you put yourself out there right and and you got rewarded for it, right. right like you got trusted and right. you're you're and then you, you get to show your great work right. like you get to and, and then it's like oh, okay like you, i don't know do you feel validated or what do you what yeah, do you, how does yeah. that make you feel well i think like the hardest part for any creative is not like making the thing like i think that's kind of a misconception that people that are like not that like i think everyone's creative but people there are people that are creatives you yeah. know what i mean so people that are not creatives are like, oh, man, like making this thing must have been so hard. And really, it's not. The hardest part is like getting the first person to like believe you that it's cool and yeah. like let you like perform your thing. Right. Like because I've been writing since I was 11 years old, you know, but like I've never had a platform to be like, this is my writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Everyone yeah. check it out. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, I think like it's been a surreal experience because I didn't like. I didn't have to pay anything or like take any classes or like prove myself at all. I just had to be like, hey, can I do this? And they were like, I don't care. Sure. Why not? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think like a lot of it for me was like overcoming, like being in my own head about it and being mm. like confident enough in the, my craft to be like, hey, I have this cool thing I'm doing. You should let me show other people. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like a big part of it is like, if you want to do something, just ask if you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> you there's, know what I mean? There's this, uh, there's this saying, and it kind of conflicts with the whole like market selling yourself side of it. But, right. the, you know, the the job of the artist isn't to ask, may I? Right. But ask, what if? Yeah. Like, what what's what is possible? And right. so like and, and that's that's in the creative process. That makes sense. But when it comes to putting ourselves out there, like in the real world. Right. It's really hard to kind of to do that yeah so who so who influenced you who inspired you to write like what what are this who are the who are the writers that you're drawn to what type of writing like so i am really into like transcendentalist writers so okay. like thoreau um like walt whitman and like 
those styles gotcha. of poetry from a poetry standpoint. Like I really like Dickinson, but also like obviously Poe, E.E. E. Cummings, like the classics and stuff gotcha. like that. I love E.E. E. Cummings. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, you know, from a journalistic side, um, I I strive to, and this is something that's hard for me because like I'm not super critical as a person. So like people are like review this album and I'm like I don't know it seems cool like <laughs> you know what gotcha. I mean like all of them I'm like man like this guy made an album that's tight like Sweet. that's that's awesome you put your music out there that's cool and they're like no like what sucks about it and I'm like I don't know like ah, yeah. so yeah. I kind of like recently started reading a lot of stuff by like Lester Bangs and like just how to be like brutally honest mm. but like in a way that like is actually constructive to the artist you know what I mean like not just shitty for the sake of being like a jerk but like this is the way that this artist is and you know like things not just like about their art but like things that he would write about like the characteristic of like what it's like being in the room with like Iggy Pop or whatever gotcha so that's something I'm kind of like trying to figure out like who I am as mm. a music journalist because gotcha. I kind of want to be like like the Diane Fossey of music journalists where I'm like, she went into the woods and lived with musicians for like a year. You like amongst yeah. the the musicians like Jane Goodall, you know, <laughs> that's yes. kind of how I want to approach it as like, because I feel like so much of like documentary style or like journalistic style writing puts mm. artists on this pedestal, even if it's like, to put them on a pedestal and throw tomatoes at them. Sure. If it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even if it's in a negative context, but it's like, not a lot of it is like, you know, what did Dave Grohl eat for breakfast today? And mm. why and how did it impact his <laughs> day? You know what I mean? Like, because there's the nitty gritty. Right. Like, because like, I, I feel like that part of like being a human, like it does impact your art. And like, there's a kind of a vacuum for covering that aspect of, you know yeah because there's because we're because of the whole pedestal aspect we kind of in a way dehumanize right absolutely celebrities, right yeah. like we and, and we we don't we ignore their imperfections and we, right and so like focusing on their lived human experience takes away from that celebrity or that right. pedestal and so yeah you're totally right yeah that's uh that's what, what that's weird what do we do about that i mean like i like i said i think it's just like like okay so one of my favorite uh documentary films is called writing in vans with boys um, and it's about this band called Cut You Up that was opening for Blink-182 on the summer tour in like okay. 2002. Um, and it's like really poorly made. <laughs> okay, like it's just really low budget. Like looks like it was shot on a camcorder. It's not multi-camera. Like it's literally just one guy following this band around, gotcha. like sitting in vans with them and like, you know, doing drugs with them. And like uh, there's a couple other bands that like make cameos and Green Day's in it. Nice. And, you know, stuff like that. But it's like, this band that's been like given this huge like pedestal to like hey we're opening for Blink 182 in 2002 like it's a big deal yeah. right yeah. so they they've given they've been given this huge platform they have no idea what to do with it like they're yeah. four 24 year old dudes you know and they're like they're kind of blowing it you know what i mean but it's cool because you're you're watching these guys that have never been given this much agency or this much of a platform to put their message out there and they're like we don't know what our message is like i mm -hmm. want a shotgun beard it's like yeah but it's such a human documentary 
that the poor filmmaking quality, I feel like, doesn't detract from it because it's just like it's so relatable. Yeah. You know what I mean? It could have been your buddy's band, but it was instead cut you up. So. So did was it they put it out, right? Like, no, no it's this it one them? documentary okay. uh, film and he never made anything else okay, again. Weird. Yeah. And I can't I can't remember what his name is right now. I'll look it up. Okay, because because that was making me think. I was like, that reminds me of back in the day. I feel like there used to be a lot of those kind of like behind the scenes documentaries. Yeah, yeah. shit happens by every time I die Mm -hmm. is like the one that I still have my DVD of it, where it's just like two hours of them doing warp tour and just shenanigans. I'm gonna see if I can look up like who, but yeah, it's total shenanigans like that. Like at one point, Billy Joe Armstrong like jumps off of a banister and grabs onto like a chandelier and falls to the ground, and everyone's like, oh my god, like (laughs) can he play tomorrow? And he was like. I'm fine. Yeah. Yes. Like, like Pantera had those yeah. VHS tapes, same yeah, type of where stuff. The one where they like try to give Ingve a donut and he like gets <laughs> super pissed off. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that's kind of like, that's kind of, I'm going to see if I can figure out who directed this. Uh, his name is Matthew Bochesny. Okay. And he literally never did anything else ever again. Wow. But, <laughs> but it's, it's just so like, raw and organic and genuine which are like three words you'll see like i i have to like work on finding other descriptors because when you read like things that i write i use those three words like i overuse them because it's it's something i really value in art Mm. is it being raw and organic and genuine so what what uh, on that topic like are you what what are you are you familiar with some of the photo i guess photojournalists of rock scene like charles peterson i think it's charles peterson i hope i get his name right the dude who did the photo the screaming life there's like a black and white book yeah went on tour with with nirvana and like all the seattle guys uh like what do you think of that type of stuff is that does that is that move the needle for you or yeah i mean absolutely that's stuff that i'm like because like obviously like annie Leibovitz is like the one that Uh, everybody knows right Um, but yeah, I've been kind of trying to figure out like who some of these, cause there are some like super famous pictures from like the grunge scene and like the early punk scene and stuff that you're like, some of them are shot by like famous photographers and some yeah. of them are like, this is just some dude some that dude. had like a camera in there, yeah. you know, and it's like an incredible shot and like he never did anything else. <laughs> but like, that's, what's kind of cool about art is anybody can make it and you don't yes. have to be an artist to make it. Um, but yeah, that's something I've been kind of getting into because I have been shooting more shows and stuff and I'm learning how to shoot shows. It, it's hard because I, I shoot like all film right now. Yeah. Um, but that's, a, that's an art form, you know? Yeah. Like the, the and, and it's, it, it is. Multiple um, processes. Yeah. Because really like, like I've got a guy in Denton that does my film and he's, he does a really good job developing it. But like that aspect of it. Like, you have to get the development right. So it's not mm-hmm. just, like, setting up the shot and shooting it and, like, making sure you're shooting on the right speed and the right film. But, like, then you have to hand it off to somebody that knows what they're doing. So mm-hmm. there's, like, it's kind of like when you're making music and you hand your stuff off to, like, somebody that's going to engineer or mix it or mm-hmm. produce it, I yeah. guess. That's kind of what film photography is like. And... Uh, you ever thought about doing it yourself? I have. <laughs> Uh, the only reason I haven't is if I set up a dark room in our guest bathroom, my brother and sister-in-law will like kick my ass. They'll be like, dude, we have like people over. Like yeah. you can't be like, That's... and I'm like in there with a red light and I'm like, hang on. You know, like I can't. No. Yeah. <laughs> my grandfather did that. Really? He, he, yeah. He turned one of the closets in like the den into into a dark Rock room. And, roll. and he had, it had a green light. I remember as a kid yeah, like, yeah. going in there. It was like the really low green color or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. He, I don't know. It's old school, you know, mm-hmm. that, that we don't have to deal with that stuff anymore. But like, so, so what's your, 
process like film or, or writing too? like how do you how do you do it? I uh, I have a really chaotic creative process. <laughs> so as I was telling you earlier, like I'm 99% sure that I have like undiagnosed ADHD, right? Okay. So like I'll be like, I'm going to sit down and like work on something and I'll like start writing down ideas, you know, and then I'll be like, ooh, that's a cool idea for a completely different project. And then 15 minutes later, I'm like sitting in front of an easel painting something and I'm like, how did this happen? Like what what's going on, you know? Um. But yeah, like when I write for like poetry, for example, sometimes I'll be having a conversation like you and I are and there'll be like a string of words or like a short phrase or even maybe just two words that I'm like, ooh, that sounds cool. And from like those two words, I'll kind of like work the poem from the inside out. So like the other day, uh, I was talking to my friend, um, Brittany, and uh she she made like some uh, offhand comment about like how we're all breaking down her emotional walls that are just actually made of glass so we can see through them. And I was like, yeah, my my emotional walls are made of uh, tempered glass. And then I was like, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like that for poetry, gotcha. it's often like it just starts with like a short phrase or like a couple of words that I think are like clever or kind of like tongue in cheek or whatever. And then it kind of works from the inside out. Uh, so do you come back to that later when you have time? Or is it like in the moment, like, oh, I've got to start? It depends. Um, for a while, I literally, like, I carry a notebook around with me everywhere just in case. <laughs> like, smart. I have to write something That's down. smart. Because um, I'm also, like, a pen and paper person. I know it's bad for Same. the environment. But, like, if I don't write it down, it's like it it's not real. <laughs> yeah. No, for real. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's how our brains work. Yeah. When we're typing on buttons, they, they might have the letters printed on the buttons. But right. to our brain, it's just It's us. not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. Writing the stuff yeah. really doesn't I make have a to, like, write it down. Um, But, yeah, I, there are some, like, I'm trying to get better about, like, uh, going back and revising things and like making them better and being like well if I use this word it sounds a little bit better because a lot of people will say like good writing is in the editing and I think there's a certain aspect to that but yeah I always like have a notebook on me so that if I have an idea I can just like hash it down at least so that I like know mm. what the idea was and then sometimes I come back to it sometimes I don't but the ones that are like I feel like are really important I always come back to gotcha. so yeah so is I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this question. <laughs> Since e. e Cummings is a is an influence, are you do you get caught up in formatting? Like sometimes it's, it's just, what's weird is it's been hard for me to like set a style. Is especially like if you'll go and look at some of my earlier stuff, like a lot of them were like hourglass shaped or like. But I so I like them at least to. I kind of get stuck in four line stanzas and then four stanzas to a poem. So 16 lines gotcha. is like the format that I usually stick to, but it depends. Like sometimes I don't have that much to say, <laughs> you know, so it'll okay. just be three, three. I try not to do odd numbers because my brain really doesn't like it for some reason. I don't know why, <laughs> Okay, but it, it really hate, like I don't like just three lines. If it's like three lines, then it has to be like, four stanzas you know what i'm saying so no i, mean, I think that's important yeah. being an artist is like knowing what being able to be decisive about certain things yeah and like okay i'm not not this yeah or all, and i i mean certainly do that music wise like almost always have to do a little bass fill mm -hmm. on the third time through right yeah. you know it's like you want to make that chain make it slightly different than yeah. the other times or whatever but, yeah. there's certain things that i'm like really like this has to be 
And like I said, like most of my life is like loosely organized chaos. You know, I'm like, I don't know, put it. That's fine. Like everything's <laughs> fine, you know. But like with certain things, like with writing, like I like the lines to at least all be the same length. And really like rhythm matters more. Mm-hmm. So like if syllabically it makes sense or it like sounds right, I've had to like. I've had to like get better about like making my poems flow mm. rhythmically. So I like I'll I'll read them out loud now, which I didn't used to do, but like I'll write it down and be like, does this sound right? Like if I speak it. Gotcha. I don't really do spoken word poetry, but I'll I've gotten now where I'll like read it out loud after I write it to see if it like actually flows mm. like organically, yeah. naturally. So that's one thing, yeah. Like I like it to like I like it to have like a distinct rhythm, which is like Grime influenced by Dickinson. You know, gotcha. like she a lot of her stuff was like very on point as far as like So what's the is there like a specific pentameter or something or like No, um I've tried to figure like okay, so this is something that's funny. Cause like when I was growing up in high schools when I first started writing poetry, all my friends were like, Oh, write it in iambic pentameter. And I was like, I can't write sonnets, dude. Like, <laughs> my brain doesn't understand yeah. it. Like, yeah. I'll be like, I think this it's is iambic yeah. pentameter. And like, yeah. no, it's not. And it, for some reason, it's like one thing that like, I can't get down <laughs> is like, but yeah, there's not a specific meter that I write in. Like I said, I'm still, I feel like I'm still pretty early on as like in my journey hmm. as a poet, which I know sounds crazy because I've been doing it for 10 years, you know, but like. I just I don't know what my style is yet. But yeah, a lot of like a lot of poets like have a specific meter that they stick to. Um, I don't really have one yet. I, th- I think I think versatility is good for any yeah. art form. Being yeah. able to kind of change, change and, and you know, sure. to express yourself. However, I think that's a, that's a good thing. So, OK, what about what about music? You said you still write songs for yourself, right? Yeah, like, I just like it's usually like so, you know, like when you're a kid and you're your mom is like, okay, like count backwards from 10 so you don't like fly into a rage and kill your brother, you know? Yes. That's kind of my, like when I get really upset, I'm like, <sighs> and then I just like storm off into a room and like grab my guitar and just write something stupid about like how I'm feeling in the moment. <laughs> like, I really hate capitalism. You know, like just like stupid, <laughs> stupid stuff that, that it doesn't necessarily, like I'm not a great songwriter. My songs are not catchy. Um, which doesn't necessarily make a great songwriter, sure. right? Um, but, you know, like, another one of my huge influences is Bob Dylan. Like, okay. if I had a favorite poet, it would be Bob Dylan, gotcha. I think. Um, so, you know, just being able to sit down with an acoustic guitar and be like, this is what sucks about yeah. <laughs> the system, yeah. you know? That's that's one thing that's, like, really cathartic to me. Um, and like I said, I used to do it more. It's something that has kind of, like, faded to the background now that I've been doing so much music journalism. But... Um, yeah, that's think, kind of. I think that's awesome. You know, yeah. being able to channel our emotions mm-hmm. into into something creative mm-hmm. is off is healthy for us. But like, it makes awesome art. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you, know? you sit down like, and you're like, I'm just gonna write something because I'm pissed off, and then it becomes, yeah, you know, shelter from the storm. <laughs> so okay, so have you have you like shared the, this art anywhere? Your photos, your your poems, yeah. your music. Um, I started sharing the first, I mean, I'm trying to think of what the first like art form that I shared was probably, 
probably my photography. So so I'm I'm like in the generation of people that have been on social media their entire lives, which is a whole other can of worms. But uh, I started my Instagram in like 2010. So like the first year it was a thing. Same. Yeah. I did too, yeah. Yeah. And so I started sharing photography um, sketches that I was drawing, cartoons and stuff. Um, and then like, you know, if I wrote songs or whatever, when Instagram had video, I would put yeah. those up, right? Um, but yeah, right now um, my photography is on Instagram and then I have a different Instagram for my poetry, which I like never update because I've been so busy gotcha. doing my journalism stuff. But yeah, um, and hopefully I have a friend working on a website for me right now oh, that's awesome. got like my all my portfolios and stuff on it. So hopefully that'll be live like by the end of next week. Um, so yeah, awesome. all my stuff will be in one spot then. That'll awesome. be cool. Do you have a URL to throw out to promote? Uh, if not, I'll put it. I'll put it in the show notes either way. I it'll be, who think knows this is. I need to yeah. like. Gonna. I'm gonna. Okay. Yeah. Refer. Yeah. Yeah. This is. I can't keep all this information in my brain. I told my friend the other day. I was like, "Hey, Alec, can I store some information in your brain for later? Because <laughs> this is not gonna live in my head. I'm gonna forget everything." What are friends for? Right. right. Right, just Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, where is it? I guess we're gonna have to drop in the show okay, notes. Yeah, it's I fine. Think it's, Don't worry I think about it's I think it's ChloeFWalden.com, but I need to need to double check that before. Gotcha. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. So, so what's your perception of like the artistic community here in DFW, or where you grew up, or? And you're going to Nashville soon, right? Yeah, like, I'll be in Nashville just, in like two and a half weeks. I don't know when you're going to drop this. I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'll let you know. So when yeah, I do. by by early August, uh, you know, should everything go according to plan, um, I'll be in Nashville. Um, yeah. So the, like the Fort Worth music scene or like the artistic scene. Yeah. Um, it's certainly a lot um, more vibrant and rich than the one where I grew up, which was non-existent. <laughs> The problem with rural areas. Yeah, that tend so to, tend to have a hard time with that. Yeah, so I grew up in a town that had two thousand people in it. Um, we didn't have a record store. We didn't have a Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> so if I like wanted to buy a CD, I had to drive into Fort Worth, um, or like at least like you know the Best Buy in like Lake Worth or whatever. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So there was nothing uh, growing up. Like, luckily, my dad was a musician. So we were, like, encouraged to, you know, check out music and, like, perform music. And we were pretty, like, you know, supported in that. But, um, yeah, I came from a place where there was really no, like, arts or culture. We didn't have a bar because <laughs> our county was dry yeah, until, same. like, 2016. Yeah. So, like, when I was in high school and, like, the first year of college, I was in a cover band. We played in an ice cream shop. Um, and we we really screwed those gigs up, man. Those were bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it was a lot of, you know, just, like, the handful of kids that were like into the alternative scene or whatever, gotcha. like all knew each other. We were pretty much, they were all in my band. <laughs> pretty that's, much. That's awesome. So yeah. you, I mean, you, you had a community right yeah. there. I know it's hard. It's hard in a place like that when there's not, there's only so many mm -hmm. people to get people together, but that's awesome. And so this, I, I want to know more about this ice cream place. They had shows there. Yeah. So they, they didn't at first, we like kind of pitched it to them. Cause like we came in one day and we were like, there's like an amplifier over there. Like, do you guys do like shows here? And they were like, no. And then we were like, 
can we please? <laughs> and they were like, oh, I mean. And so our, our guitar player um, was really charismatic and charming. And he was like, come on, like, come on. And the girl working behind the counter was like, okay, you know, like, <laughs> like what are guitar players for, right? Absolutely. Um, so we played a few shows there. And like, we were like 17, 18, 19. So it was a catastrophe. But um, there was a band before us. I'm trying to remember what they were called. Um, but they played at the movie gallery, which is bizarre because it does not seem like a movie gallery would have would even have be able to yeah. accommodate. But yeah, they were like a hardcore band. And uh, the only two times I ever saw them were at our talent show, <laughs> the movie there. gallery. Yeah. Wow. So like in rural places, that's where you end up going to shows is like, hey, I know a buddy that works at the movie gallery and like. He's the shift leader and he makes eight fifty an hour. So he doesn't care if we have a wow. mosh pit over here. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I mean, that's and that's hard. We're not we're, there's not. Play, I mean, I know this is a, not that long ago. Yeah. But like there's really less and less places. We were talking about this yeah. a while back of, of spaces to be in that are where, free that are free yeah. that you can actually play sure. music like that. And so, I mean, like, you know, thankfully, you know, you had buddies or you know, that worked at these places to yeah. do that. But like, especially here in Fort Worth, like, especially as a young person mm -hmm. trying to play shows, like, it doesn't matter if they were terrible or whatever. Like, you had a, you had a good time, and right. probably the people there had a good time, and, right. and like, that's part of like getting a, becoming a part of the scene is like playing those shows. And like, I certainly took it for granted when I was younger, mm -hmm. having places Dreamworld Music Complex out right. of Arlington. <laughs> Uh, it, it was a terrible place, but it, but <laughs> <laughs> terrible things happened there. But but it was a place where high school kids could play. Like right. it, it was one of the few places that actually let that happen. Uh, and 1919 was a place like that too right. for the longest time. Uh, and so you know that's that's uh, I I worry about that as we kind of move forward. Yeah, like that's what I was like gonna that. say is like you know there's no one doing that anymore in my yeah. hometown, and like 1919's closed. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of just trying to like eke out any amount of like connection with other artists because like we were a football town, right? And I was a band kid. So like there was already like, nah, we don't really like the football kids. You know, it was stupid. It was like a, <laughs> it was like a, it was like a fabricated rivalry that like adults had created and like, yeah. you know, like infused into our teenage brains. But um, yeah, um, my junior year of high school, I got really tight with our librarian because, you know, I was like a burnout. <laughs> so, like hung out in the library during lunch and stuff. She was really cool. Um, and That's I was awesome. like, hey. Uh, and so this is like my selfish 17 year old brain. I was like, I write poetry. I don't have a way to make anybody read this. So I, I went to her and I was like, hey, we should do like a poetry slam. And she was like, OK, like. I'm down. And I was yeah. like, right on. That was easy. Yeah, Librarians are always <laughs> yeah. down for that. Yeah. Um, so we organized this like poetry slam in like April, which is like poetry month. Gotcha. Um, I don't know if it's international poetry month or national poetry, but it's like poetry month. Um, and we like organized to have the jazz band play and like kind of do an open mic kind of thing. So like if people want to come play songs or whatever, and it was actually the first time I read my poetry in front of people. And the first time I played guitar in front of people, was at this poetry That's slam awesome. that I organized. That you put yeah. together. That's yeah. fantastic. Um, and last I heard from my youngest brother who just graduated from that school, they're still doing it annually. So that's my one that's legacy. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. So that was like the first thing that I like organized that was like, this is to make the school better. Um, and it was a D you did it. You did it yourself. Yeah. And it had an impact. <laughs> yeah. And you saw that. Yeah. Did that inspire you to continue 
doing stuff like that? Yeah, or? I mean, like, 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 like I was gonna say is, yeah, that's honestly, that's why I'm, you know, that's why I'm hanging out with you, <laughs> and, you know, like, we're, yeah, yay, because <laughs> um, one of my friends' um, younger sisters was like. I just got to read a, a poem that I wrote at the Poetry Slam and it was so cool. And like, I would have never had anywhere to like read it. And you know, I'm so glad that we do this. She didn't even know that like I started it. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. But, um, so but yeah, I, it, it was like, you know, I felt like kind of validated, you know, that they were still doing. Cause I did, when I organized it, I was like 17 and my real interest was, I just want to like read my poetry you know I wasn't like at that point thinking of like the greater implications of organizing something like that when they were like should we do it again my senior year I was like yeah like make everybody else come out to it you know so it gave like people that weren't good enough to be in the talent show an opportunity to like hey everyone that signs up for this is going to get to read poetry so like just put your name on the little sheet and like come up and read your stuff um that's so cool yeah and that was like really what was born out of is like they're not going to let me do slam poetry at the yeah. talent show. <laughs> so, well, and I want to say why not? Right? But yeah, yeah, but yeah. No, but I mean, th- thankfully, it was something better was created yeah. out of it. So, no, I think that's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. So, what would you want to see for like the future in like the next ten years in regards to like I don't know any of the stuff that we've talked about <laughs> the 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 places for artists or writers to speak or say what would you what do you want to what would you like to see? I think that, so my, my dad always says this. My dad says a lot of BS, but one one really cool, yeah, dad, I hope you're not listening to this, but you say <laughs> you say a lot of stupid stuff sometimes. Um, one thing he always said growing up that I really resonate with is uh, the world would be a better place if everybody knew one song on acoustic guitar. Mm. And I agree, um, you know, more spaces with people just like putting their authentic art out there like that and without the burden of it being, uh, what's the word? Without the burden of it being profitable, mm-hmm. right? Because like I know a lot of people that are like, I want to do this art, but I'll never make money doing it. And I'm like, that's poison. Yeah. <laughs> Just make the art. Yeah. Um, but I think that's part of it is like we find it kind of been worked into this capitalist mindset where like, you know, I want to be X, Y, Z, but can I make money doing it? And like, mm-hmm. that's the whole reason I didn't do journalism for the first 10 years that I wanted to is I was worried about making money doing it. Um, But when I kind of just like removed that frame of thinking and just was like, I don't care. I just want to do it. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of opportunities open to me. So I think like kind of rewiring people's brains into like, don't make art to make money, make art to make art. Yeah. Um, And then giving people like more opportunities to do that. Um, you know, if we could work with venues like coffee shops and bars or whatever to do more open mics and more creative spaces. Like Lola's is really good about doing yes. like the little like junk. Yeah. The rummage thing. sale. Yeah. And, and, yeah. More stuff like that that's like, you know, small scale, like in the community would really be helpful, I think, to people that are like just trying to get their stuff out there, but mm-hmm. like can't afford to or like intimidated to, I yeah. think would like make people make more people creative on a larger scale. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's something I have some students that they just like, well, I'm just, I'm not creative. 
well, <laughs> everybody's creative. Right. Maybe it's just in a different way. Maybe, right. you, maybe you know, but I, th I think that's a big part of it is give, empowering people to realize, hey, you are an artist. Right. If you want to be, if you want to see yourself that way. Absolutely. Like, everybody has the capacity to do that. And it doesn't, you don't have to get a degree in it. <laughs> right. You know, you don't have to even, you know, be published or whatever. Right. All right. Like just the fact that you created something and you can say, I made this. Like, there you go. Well, and like, like when we were talking about Walt Whitman earlier, like, he printed and bound and distributed his first works like himself because no one else wanted to print it. So like that's like a zine, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, so like just going out and like. Putting it out there and being like, hey, like read this, you know, like I was I was friends with them, um, someone in college that would like write their poems like on bathroom stalls and just like leave them there. And I was like, that is so badass. Like that is yeah. so cool. Um, You know, there's any medium that you can think of to distribute your art you should just do it um because i think humans benefit from being in a world that is constantly surrounded by art and it's what makes us human right yeah. like you go back like look at these sixty thousand year old cave paintings right. and it's like at the core of our being like what makes us human is our ability to abstract and we started making art as soon as we could figure it out yeah. you know so to say that like you know not everyone is cut out to be an artist or whatever i don't think that that's accurate yeah. i just think like some people like to do it more than others but everyone at their core like at their most base human level is a creative because yeah. like it's why we're like yeah. the apex predator because yeah. it's not because we have fangs and claws you yeah. know it's because we were creative about yeah. everything that we did we you know create tools yeah to create ways to use them we create ways <laughs> to live and invent yeah. farming methods you yeah. know like and that's another thing too is like you know, there are t plenty of creative people that were scientists like Nikola Tesla, mm -hmm. for example. We we're talking about like weird, you know, idiosyncrasies. <laughs> he like had to divide everything he had by three. So like he could only stay in hotel rooms divisible by three. And like the, the yeah, <laughs> oh, like I the net weight of his food at dinner had to be like divisible by three. Like, wow. Yeah. Like he was like a freak, <laughs> but he was a genius. Um, but he's not, you know, thought of as like a creative or an artist mm. because he was a scientist. But like that's a yeah, his brain is wired like an artist, you know, exactly. So, yeah, I, I think it's like if we can, like, as a culture, rethink like what it means to be an artist, but also rethink what it means to like what, what the purpose of art is. Mm. So I think right now it's been so like capitalized that art is only worth worthy to people if you can make money off of it and yeah. that part of that's the you know the music industry and the greater arts industry or whatever but yeah. yeah i think if we i think if we go back to making art for the sake of making art instead of for the sake of making money i think it'll make art better yeah and more diverse and i think more people want to do it i agree with that i feel like there's there's an urge you know now people especially after having this year plus to kind of sit with ourselves. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people kind of, you know, to help to help deal with it because it right. was a traumatic experience. Right. Like a lot of people, me included, had to turn to art mm -hmm. uh, and maybe some people for the first time. But no, I, I agree. I think, and now kind of coming, okay, where, where can, how, how does this work? How do we do this? How do I share this? Where do we do these things? Uh, allows us to kind of reanalyze like, okay, what is it? Is there a better way to set things up right. to where it is more art, you know? accessible accessible yeah. just focused on, on in our culture and our society and seeing it as such like right. seeing art for for art and not seeing it as oh, oh that's just that's just a a thing you know right. whatever or a bench or, or a library a, or a whatever product product yeah yeah exactly a yeah. commodity so 
Yeah. I don't know. I think, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, this absolutely. has been, you've been super inspiring <laughs> to talk to. I'm glad. I, I don't have my shit together at no. all. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do. No, this is awesome. No, I love it. I love it. No, thank you for, thank you for coming on and yeah. we'll, let's do it again sometime soon. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Yay. Bye. Bye. Wasn't that fun? I thought that was fun. I hope you had fun. Um, here at the very end of the podcast is a piece uh, written and performed by Chloe titled Prima. I find love in places where birds dot the power lines like strung beads or notes from a silent symphony. And those cold gray mornings where coffee thaws my frozen fingers, I imagine we dance through the puddles and the sidewalks together. And we are the finest little music box ballet dancers this blue marble has ever seen. And we never step in the bird shit.